0: church happy mother's day to all of the mothers y'all look so good with your hats and pearls y'all ready to take it back this morning we are going old school today y'all know what they used to say god is good all the time, time. and all the time god is good. come on sing it again god is good, all and, time. All the time. God is good. and all the time god is good. come on spencer let me get a little bit on that guitar Just clap your hands like this. Eddie, let us hear you. We're going to praise him today. Come on, see help me head. Praise the Lord. be, I, y'all say be that. I will call upon the I Lord. I will call upon the, the Lord. Lord. he is worthy to For be praised. This morning Hallelujah. oh god we give you the glory and the honor yes, god. come on Hallelujah. if i could just get two or three of y'all to get on one apart we can really make something happen in this place today yes God. just think let's, let's just take a time of reflection yes God. and think about what the lord has done for you think about how many times he's made a way for you over and over and over you, even situations that you might have put yourself in He still came, you called on him, and he still came to see about you. God, you're good. Come on, somebody just say, God, you are good. Lord, you are good. 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 He doesn't have to be. It's his grace and unmerited favor that some of you all are standing here today. It's his grace and unmerited favor that I'm standing here today. Yes, God. Hallelujah. And I just want to say, Lord, you are good. Yes, Lord. You've been so good. Thank you. Jesus. Oh Lord, you were good. Yes. You've been better than good. I can't praise you enough. Yeah. <laughs> I owe you my life. Can't praise you enough. Even if I try. Cause, oh Lord, you've been So good oh you've been so good oh god you've been oh god you've been so good lord i can't testify for y'all but i can testify for myself that he's been so good lord oh god you've been you've been so good You've been Better than good Oh, you've been good Come on Oh, Lord, you are good Lord, you are good You've been so good Come on, it's real easy, say, Lord, you are good Lord, you are good You've been better than good You've been better than good I can't praise you enough I owe you my life I owe you my life I can't praise, can't you, can't praise you enough praise you enough even if I try even if I oh, can't you been so good, so good. You've been better been good to me You're than good so, many so many doors, you so hold. many ways. so many ways you made so many times oh, many times you, you been better me have been good been good to me so Better than good, you've been better than good to me. Better than good, you've been better. than good to me. you've been better than good. Better than good to me. You've been better than good. to me. Anything good to me yeah. oh, you've been, you've been, so oh God, you have been yeah. you've been so good Oh, God, you have been, yeah You've been so good Oh, when I look back over my life Oh, God, and I see where you brought me from Oh, I can stand here, flat-footed, and say You've been good You've been better You've been better, you've been better. You've been good. You've been better than good. Better than good. You've been have been good. good. See, you've been you've been so good. See so that? You've been you've been so good. So
1: Come on, you're good. speaking from your own
0: experience right now. Say it. You've been so good. Me. You've been so good, so good. Oh, you've been. You've been, been so good, so good. Oh, you've been taking it you been so good to so me. Good. Hallelujah! Come on, somebody bless him in here. Hallelujah. If you know that he's been good. if you know that he's made ways out of no ways if you know him to be if you know him to be good let me just hear you open up your mouth and give him a praise today come on he wants to hear you open up your mouth and give him what he deserves oh god you are good you're amazing nobody compares to you lord and we bless you
2: Hallelujah. 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 Hey, can you hear me? Thank you, Lord. Can y'all hear me out there? Praise the Lord. The psalmist said it this way I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I don't know where you've been. I don't know where your life and seasons are taking but we serve a God who's been so good so good in fact the psalmist said it this way he said oh taste and see that the Lord is good when the Israelites marched into battle outnumbered and overwhelmed God instructed them to bring the praisers the worshippers ahead of the armies. In fact, armies around the world, including the United States Army, during the Revolutionary War, took their cue from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And that's why, over the course of history, they've had marching bands going ahead of the troops. Because in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, God instructed them to let the praisers go before them and the song they sang was simple for the Lord is good (laughs) and his mercy endures forever you might find yourself in the midst of a battle this morning maybe the way to victory this morning is to remember and to acknowledge The goodness of God. The goodness of God. The challenge with this life of faith is that it must be lived going forward, but it can only be understood looking back. But maybe this morning as God invites us to live by faith and to walk by faith and not by sight, maybe where we begin is simply acknowledging how good God has already been that it might be the down payment for what he'll do in the future Lord this morning we give you thanks, we give you praise and Lord we draw near to you with gratitude for what you've already done and we declare that this is the day the Lord has made Lord we choose to rejoice to be glad in it your word declares it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto His name, O oh, Most High. So, Lord, this morning we simply say, Lord, you've been so good. So good. So good. In fact, it was your goodness that led us to repentance. We couldn't even do it on our own. But when we saw your goodness, When we tasted your goodness, there was no other option. And so this morning, Lord, we say only you. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. On this Mother's Day, as you celebrate this amazing gift of motherhood that you've given each of us, no one, not one of us would be here If it hadn't been for a mother. So Lord today we acknowledge your goodness. You loved us so much that you gave us mothers who loved us, mothers who nurtured us, mothers who covered us, mothers who cared for us, who protected for us, protected us. Father, this morning, I pray for those who might be going through Mother's Day for the first time without their mother physically present. Lord, would you bind the brokenhearted? Would you be the balm of Gilead this morning? And God, in the midst of our celebration for the mothers who may have lost a child, Lord, this morning, would you minister your peace? Would you minister your grace? Would you minister your comfort to us, one and all, As we acknowledge that, Lord, you've been so good. You've been so good. And God, if you never did another thing, you would have done enough already to deserve our worship, our adoration, our praise, our submission and our surrender you've been so good and we thank you for it now in jesus name and everyone said amen and amen do you believe that this morning converged church we serve a good good father amen you may be seated in the house of the lord i would be remiss If I didn't take a moment right now, Trey, and again, celebrate, honor, and acknowledge these amazing gifts in the building this morning our amazing moms. Come on, let's give them some love. Amen. Let's show some love this morning, this morning for these amazing, amazing gifts. Now, listen to me, listen to me. I would be remiss if I didn't give some props to my my Mocha Princess man. I saw her walk in the building. Come on. And I was like Francis when I was like, listen, I'm coming to join you, honey. Come on, why don't you stand and let the people see how good Jesus has been to you? Pastor Wendy, come on, somebody. Come on. I can't take this. I can't take this no more. Glory to God. why don't you join me?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, want to welcome our first-time guests. Thank you so much as we honor our mothers, all mothers. That's, that's mothers, stepmothers, bonus mothers, godmothers, Absolutely. mothers in love. We honor you today, but we also, yeah, go ahead and make some noise for our moms in the place. But we also wanna honor our first time guests. We thank you for, you could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you chose to be here at Converge and just wanna let you know our lead pastors would love to meet you out in the VIP area just after service. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. Our handle on most of the apps is at WeAreConverge, but you'll see on the screen what the specific handles are for the specific outlets. It's just a way to stay connected and get the most up-to-date communication as we go through the week. For example, this next announcement I'm about to make we put on social media when we called an audible earlier this week regarding Converge students who we typically meet on, yeah, make some noise for the students. That's where I have the privilege of serving in this house is with our young people in Converge students, middle school, high school. We typically meet on second and fourth Sunday, but we decided that we would have a family service with the students this week so we could be with our moms. but. For the month of May, we will meet on 3rd and 4th. So that's next Sunday, the 21st, and the following Sunday, the 28th, we will meet back-to-back with our students That way we can allow our young people to be with their moms in service today, have some time with them. I'll be spending some time with my mother today as well, so it helps just all the way around. And then we've also got some other exciting things.
2: We have a few exciting things happening, and this is extremely important to me. It's been something that's been incubating for a few years. Uh, It's sort of been on the back burner, but we have the teams in place. We have the people in place who are going to lead that. In fact, uh, Chuck and Sabrina, if you would please stand. Uh, Chuck and Sabrina are going to be leading this initiative for us that we're calling Converge Net. And it's our business networking group here at Converge Church. We're going to have a lunch and learn next Sunday. So a week from today, immediately following the worship experience right at about noon in The Verge. It's also where our students meet, but it's also our fellowship hall. It's going to be a great opportunity for you to network and connect with other business leaders, thought leaders, creatives, Innovators who are a part of this body, and uh, and I think it's going to be an incredible opportunity. You never uh, know
3: who you're sitting next to right now. You never
2: know who you're sitting next to. Relationships matter, so we encourage you to do that. You should have received an email this week uh, with a link to the sign-up genius. Uh, go to the sign-up genius, click on that link, uh, so that we have a headcount for the catering. Speaking of which, how many of you enjoyed breakfast this morning? Yeah. Alright, so again, the advantage to to being connected on social media is you would have seen that we were gonna have breakfast this morning. I know a few people missed it, they they weren't aware. But stay connected with us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, at WeAreConverge. But make sure you sign up for ConvergeNet via the Sign Up Genius. There is a minimal cost associated uh, with the sign up and it's only $15. I highly, highly encourage you to take advantage. Listen, we have HR executives, we have people in the lending space we have realtors people in the it space we have lawyers we have c-suite executives who go to church here you may be in transition you may be looking for a new opportunity listen this lunch and learn is open to anybody sometimes the most important gift you can give yourself is to simply be in the room amen so we encourage you to sign up for ConvergeNet. again it's going to be next sunday I immediately follow with the worship experience. The cost is $15. You can go to our mobile app. If you go to our mobile app, uh, just scroll down to the very bottom. You'll see Converge Net and you can pay there. Again, the cost is only $15, but make sure you sign up. Uh, via Sign Up Genius.
3: Amen. And then finally, we've got, coming up on Sunday, June 4th, our Street Side Showers Towel Drive. Okay? Yeah, make some noise for the towel drive. Our goal as a house is to donate 500 towels. And listen, we don't want your rinky dinky towels that are dirty with holes in them. If you wouldn't use the towel, don't donate the towel, okay? Are we all on the same page? So let's get 500 pristine conditioned towels that we can donate to Streetside Showers, and that's coming up on Sunday, June 4th.
2: Absolutely. Now, Streetside Showers, you may already know this if you've been coming for a while, but Streetside Showers is one of our local partners. Uh, They minister to our brothers and sisters who are currently experiencing homeless. And again, I'm homelessness. We want to do more than just gather on Sunday mornings. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus extended to our community. Amen. And we want to minister the gospel in very practical, tangible ways. This is one of the ways you can do it. Uh, Streetside showers, they do, they use approximately 300 towels a month approximately 300 towels a month, across their four locations. McKinney is just one location. I believe they're also in Plano, Garland, and Dallas. But we're serving our brothers and sisters right here in McKinney. So over, uh, uh, starting on June 1st, and over several weeks, we'll be collecting towels. Our goal is at least 500 towels, and that will cover them for right at about two months. Amen? Uh, With everything we do, to reiterate what uh, Trey said, in everything we do, with our generosity, We want to make sure we keep people's dignity intact. Amen. But for the grace of God, there go I. So, with everything we give, with everything we sow, uh, we want to be honorable. We want to be generous, and we want to be thoughtful. Amen. Is that all we have, Trey? Why are you standing so far away from me, man? My breaths tight.
3: I was trying to hit my spot. You know, I didn't know. I don't know. Because you know, I can get flushed out (laughs) if I'm not in the right light. You're not in the right light. Fantastic. Like, is that Casper up there with Pastor Ray? You know what <laughs> I mean?
2: Amen. Well, listen, today is Mother's Day. Is. And one of the things that we're intentional, yeah, one, one person excited is Mother's Day? Yeah, one, 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 one. Uh, Yeah. Uh, and one of the things we're intentional about here at Converge, in fact, it's it's part of our culture here at Converge. Uh, not only because we're intentional about it, but because it's biblical, and that is to give honor to whom honor is due. Uh, So I'm going to do a couple of things because most of what you see this morning, man, uh, a tag team with a few guys who helped make it possible. Uh, I want to give honorable mention to Dexter Jackson, Dexter Jackson, Stephen Jenkins, Ricky Smith, and Patrick Favors, who pulled a lot of strings to make this happen. Amen. Uh, So uh, we wanted to surprise all of the mothers this morning, and uh, we trust that you enjoyed uh, your breakfast this morning. Uh, but converged men, yeah, 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 uh, converged men, they had a couple surprises up their sleeves, and uh, listen, it's a rare thing to be a converged man. We, we go to the next level, yeah, we go to the next level, so the guy's like, listen, let's honor our wives, let's honor our moms today, and so uh, guys, would you come out? Uh, we have a very special gift gift for all the moms in the house Uh, we have some long stem roses and we also have some candles that we're giving to all the moms this morning as a token of our appreciation and our love for you we know ladies love flowers we also know that ladies love a good fragrance and so on this Mother's Day our converged men got together and they wanted to make this happen for all of the moms this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. And all the men said, dilly, dilly. Dilly, dilly. Dilly, dilly. Once again, this is our way of celebrating you, honoring you, honoring you, and saying thank you for all you do as a mom. We believe that the hand that rocks the cradle still rules the world. Oh, okay. the gift, they're still giving, they're still giving. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's what it means to be a convert listen to be a convert man I am high come on that's how we roll amen praise the Lord all right awesome let's make sure we don't miss any of the moms Yes, if you're a mom, why don't you raise your hand so we make sure we don't miss you? Make sure we get you a candle and get you a rose. Amen. Praise the Lord. So proud of these converged men. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Is that it? All right, Pastor Jesse.
3: Pastor Jesse.
2: Oh, they still got, they still doing flowers. Okay. Pastor Jesse, why don't you come?
3: Talk to us about the blessed life. I'll switch with you, Pastor Jesse. Oh, there you go. All right. Thank you.
2: God bless you, and enjoy the rest of today's worship experience.
4: Everybody say blessed. Come on, say blessed with me this morning. The Bible says in the second book of Corinthians that the apostle Paul, when he wrote the letter to the Corinthian church, he said, you guys excel in everything. He said, man, you guys excel in your faith. God, there's, you excel in gifts. God, you excel in so many different ways. And then he said, let's also excel in our generosity. So I wanna encourage you today, let us excel, excel in our generosity on this Mother's Day. The Word of God is good. The Bible teaches us that we are to be givers, that we are to bring our tithes and our offerings to the storehouse of God. So let us today, on this Mother's Day, be generous givers unto the Lord, amen? Father, we ask you to bless us as we give today. And if you need an envelope, please raise your hand and we'll get you one. Raise your hand and we'll get you an envelope. You can give by filling out this envelope in its entirety. We would appreciate that. You can also give by texting 77977. You can also give online by going to weareconverge.com and you can give that way. Also, if you download our app on your phone, you can click on the icon at the bottom on Give and you can give that way through our push pay system. You can also give with Cash App, and you can also give with Zelle. Please use the accounting at weareconverged.com email that's associated with our Zelle account. And we thank you. Everybody, say bless. Maybe me want to sing. with that song? They like, say it's all right. He's all right. Man, that got me excited. He's all right. We just sang in the army. You and get he's all right. I just sing it to him. When I was in the army, I got saved. I said, we ain't going to sing them nasty caterers. We're going to sing them Christian Caters. They used to sing. Them. They didn't care. They just say what I say. He's all right. I said, the Lord is good. They said, the Lord is good. I'm like, what, the- what are you singing? I'm like, sorry. When you're in charge, you can do that kind of stuff. All right. So today we get to give. All right. Everyone has an envelope, that needs an envelope. All right. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning and we bless your precious name. We ask you, Almighty God, to bless the offerings and the tithes that we bring to the storehouse this morning. I pray, Almighty God, that you touch our hearts. Give us the mind to have a generous heart, to give God happily and to give because we know it is purposed to fulfill your plan and your purpose here at Converge Church. God, you've already blessed us and we thank you. We thank you, God, for the many blessings ahead as you provide the resources that we need to do the work of the ministry here. God, we thank you. Bless the people that give this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
5: To all the moms, moms of children who are still at home or all grown up, Moms who've outlived a son or daughter, or moms of babies they never got to hold, moms who've raised kids all on their own, or became a mom to someone who needed one, moms of children who have wandered from God, or the longing to be moms who are still waiting. God perfectly arranged each of you into the role you have today. His word recognizes you as capable, strong, and praiseworthy. Everything you do makes our lives more beautiful. Happy Mother's Day.
6: Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. I am so grateful to be here. Let's give our converged men another round of applause. They have done so well. Yes, thank you ladies for standing up. Let's give, because when I grew up, we had a church full of women and five toothless deacons. And so we want to be very grateful that all of our men still have all of their teeth or they've bought some and it is doing well. So thank you for not just leading uh, when it's your turn, but making sure that we were just off this Sunday. So thank you for leading the charge. Pastor Ray had come to me. We were gonna switch spots. He was gonna preach for Mother's Day and I was gonna preach for Father's Day. And then he said, no, you can have it for Mother's Day. And then this week was weeking. And he said, well, no, let me preach. I said, no, they they asked for it. I, I got some smoke for them all, but then I've calmed down. And so I'm very grateful to be here. Baby, I'm very grateful to you for being a man of God and leading the charge I had actually low-key called Dominique behind your back and I said D he is busy Nia is home and so if he don't come through next Saturday we go to Trader Joe's and buy some flowers and we're gonna go to Costco and get some muffins so thank you that you saved me a trip from to Costco thank you to all of the men where is mr. where's brother Segovia Alex wave at me Wave at me. I see you back there, and we are just blessed by the memory of Miss Brenda. I love that even right now you can serve. Jessica, her daughter, is in the back. For those of you that may be new to Converge, we lost one of our very own uh, this September. And we know we just pray that God will allow her open heaven. But her husband is one out uh, giving the flowers. Her daughter is actually serving in children's church today. So we just thank uh, God that as believers, we don't have to mourn as those who have no hope. Yet we still remember her. Amen. Brenda Segovia. I didn't want to trigger them. It's the first Mother's Day, so I didn't have her picture today, but I wanted to give a shout out when I saw Brother Alex. I am going to, okay, baby, did you get a good shot? Because I've got to take, you know, I got to take this, this, this hat off. So anyway, we'll take it. I'm going to give this to Cree. Thank you. That's all right. Did you all see the um, the chosen? And when Jesus was about to give his first big sermon, the ladies were lined up and they were like, they had blue cloth and purple cloth. And he was like, no, I just, I'm not even really into that. And they were like, no, but you need something because you're just going to just fade right on into the rocks. And so I just decided I'll just be cute for a few minutes, but we just going to submit ourselves to the word of the Lord. But speaking of loss, I woke up this morning and I'm always surprised you all may not realize this if you're new but I had the absolute A1 best mother-in-law, mother-in-love in the world. And she she left us if we could put our pictures up and went on to be with Jesus, and I woke up this morning, and I'm so grateful for my mother, but I miss her. I didn't know that you could just miss people like this, if you could get my handkerchief out of my purse. I didn't know, and so I wanna honor the Oma today. And uh, I know she's with Jesus, but I'm telling you, you, I'm telling you, if we could do a little kindergarten thing, my mother-in-law was better than your mother-in-law, From the very first time I ever spoke to her, I called her Mrs. Harmon and she said, oh no, baby. She said, they call him Junior Boy. She said, if Junior Boy mentioned you to us, you are our daughter. She hadn't laid eyes on me. When they came and lived with us, when we had Levi, I'd get up in the morning to go nurse him. She had already bathed him, given him a bottle, and was on her knees at the rocking chair calling all of our names out before the Lord. And so she was, I want to talk to you about that, women, whether you're a grandmother already or whether you're a mother, or whether you haven't had children yet, is starting today. We have an opportunity to start thinking about our legacy. So I just honor her. I remember her today. but. I wouldn't be the best that I am if it wasn't for this sugar right here. And we have a picture. There is my mom and my sister. They're serving in children's church back there right now. (laughs) So that's my sister, Sydney, that my mom is holding. And so Sydney is about three. So that might have been 1978, 1979, but we'll bring it up current to today. And there's my mom. Yes. And mommy, I don't know if you're watching this, but I just honor you. And I don't know if you realize this. You may look at me and say, oh, Wendy is such a woman of God. But mommy, you taught me to pray. Remember that? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. God bless mommy. God bless daddy. And then a talker like me, I just had to bless everybody in the whole wide world. We do the remix now because when I went to Bible school, we are word of faith. And so we don't want the children to say before I die. So the remix is, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Angels keep me through the night. Until I wake at morning morning light. That's not the 1970 version. But my mother taught me to pray. My mother, Georgia DeLois, taught me that if you are ever in an anxious situation, Recite Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My mother taught me to just be the very best I could, to let my yes be yes and my no be no. And I don't know if she realizes that the best part of who I am is actually because of her. So mothers, when you give, we we don't expect you to be perfect. We're not perfect But we are receiving all of the good things. We are a product of the best of who you are. And so today is going to be kind of unlike any other Mother's Day message. I am not built of that cloth where I'm going to tell you 12 wonderful reasons. My mother is a blessing. Mm -mm. We're going to get in the word of God and we're going to be saved and we're going to take the kingdom by force because we are in a different day and age. So I just wanted to honor my mothers. I wanted to say, thank you, mom. I just, I don't even call her mom. Thank you, mom. Uh, I realized I was getting ready and I was like, wait a minute. I'm just all into this, this church thing. That was my first prayer. She gave me my first love for the Lord. She taught me that if I were ever afraid, my mother is not a minister. She used to serve at church. She was faithful. We went to Mama Olive Baptist Church in Ypsilanti, Michigan and my mother was on the Nurses Guild board. And on the Nurses Guild is you would dress in a full nurse's outfit cap and all and you would make the orange juice and the water for the pastor. And then when Mother Demon started shouting out of her wig, you would just go and hold her and fan her if you were on the Nurses Guild and give her some water. But my mother was very faithful. I got a chance to sing in the choir. I learned my first scripture at Mount Olive Baptist Church. Uh, My grandparents went to Second Baptist. And so I do come from a legacy of just ordinary people who taught me to trust in the Lord. And they put me in position where, where they may have felt they were weak, I was getting the word in Sunday school and in the Baptist church Wednesday night, it's called Mission, so I honor my mother. I thank the Lord he has delivered her from sickness and she is serving in the back. I asked T. Lynn, yes, we just thank God for his healing power. I asked our children's ministry di- director, T. Lynn. I was like, T. Lynn, can we just give my mom The Sunday off so she can just dress up. She don't have to wear her children's church t-shirt. I do make my mama wear her t-shirt when she's serving. Uh, I don't make her, but I just suggest with my eyebrows lifted up. And so my mom said, oh, I just love that little T. Lynn. She said, I'm not going to leave her hanging because a lot of people may be there. So she's serving today. So we just thank God for a mother who at 72 is still being an example of commitment and love. Amen. So I'm just going to say a quick prayer and we're going to dive right on in. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for our mothers. Lord, we thank you that though you are God and you are a heavenly father, that in times when life happens and we are disarray, you are still a mother to us. For every mother here, Lord, help us to walk out this amazing ministry and call you have given us. Lord, give us wisdom on what to do with these children you have just given us on loan that you've called us to steward. Lord, help us forgive ourselves when we haven't done it right. Help us to look at examples from your word and see the hope and the light and the call that you have placed upon us. Lord, teach us to teach our children about you. May those of us that serve you never have our children stray into the far country, but all the, day, the days of their life that they would serve you. And for those who are overcome by this culture and they they may be out there, Lord, may we never lose our hope in you and our prayers. We thank you for every prodigal son and prodigal daughter. Lord, we keep the back door wide open with the porch light on of love and open arms because of your example. Thank you for being the example of acceptance. Give us wisdom to have boundaries, but to always have love. Give us wisdom to tell the truth, but always do it in love. Give us wisdom to flat-footed say no, but do it in love. Lord, give us wisdom in our motherhood. Lord, we ask that your word become alive to your people. Lord, we decrease. I decrease Wendy and I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would rise up in me. Give me a grace to deliver this word with love and with excellence. I am not excellent, but your word is excellent. Help every woman, mother or not, see themselves in this word. And Lord, allow us to arise in your strength and take our place. It is in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. Amen. And so I really have to give credit to my amazing husband because it is testing season in elementary school. We've been doing the star test and the map test, and I've been sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for another contract. And we had field day on Friday, and it is a lot going on. So by Wednesday, he was like, have you written out your message? And I said, I'm working on it. And so Wednesday night, he went downstairs to watch ESPN, and he was texting me upstairs, just scriptures and where I could go but that was a godsend because I have been praying and so he he got me a good jump start and we're just gonna run with it my way so I am going to be talking about a very familiar person I don't want to say character because this is all true character in the Bible name Deborah now I did look up because it is a Hebrew name and the name actually means bee, like a bumblebee and Deborah it can be Deborah or Deborah, but there should be an emphasis on Deborah. It's not Deborah, it's Deborah, Deborah. It's Deborah today, and so I practice it. I looked on YouTube, but it is, or you can say Deborah, but I guess it's the B and the R aren't actually supposed to get go together. Some people can say Deborah, but it's Deborah. There it is, Deborah. Stay, stay with me, Deborah. So we're gonna look at her life. Now, the most amazing thing that I did not find in all of my research, I didn't see where Deborah had children. I didn't see her as a natural mother. It doesn't, the scripture does not say she wasn't a mother, but I don't find that she was a mother. And if you've been around, is that Josiah Hall back there? Get me my oil. Josiah Hall, come here. Lord Jesus, thank you Father, hallelujah. That's you, that's you, you look good. I'm so happy to see you, can you please cut my mic? All right, we're going to get back on track. Uh Uh-oh, excuse me. Shout out to good sound guys. You all don't see them in the back, our AV and our sound people, and they have to work with all of our rigmarole and get it right. So shout out to the team. I love you. I appreciate you. So good. So good. It's so good. Excuse me. All right, I'm going to try. I feel a little something over here, but. I won't touch it again. All right, thank you all for giving me that moment. It is um, good to see when your grown-up kids come home. Yes, and they'll always have a f- home. You can never, no matter who you are and what you do, you can never be too far from home and love. Not in Josiah's case, but for other folk. Uh, Love don't mean that you won't have boundaries. So if you want to come up in here with that, we got something for it too. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So we're going to get back to Deborah. It means be in Hebrew. She was a wife. She was a prophet, which is an inspired proclaimer of the word of God. She was a judge. And she was a worshiping warrior. I'm getting all over the place, team. I'm going to go back. Let's go back to Judges 5, verses 6 and 7. And that's going to be our key scripture. But me being me, I'll probably go through a lot of scriptures because I'm going to have to place you right now where we're going to be. But then I've got to go back and you'll see the context of that. So in Judges 5 verses 6 and 7 in the New King James translation, it says, In the days of Shagmar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose arose a mother in Israel. And so where we find Deborah in this particular text in Judges 5, this is actually a song she is singing with one of the commanders of the army, uh, uh, Barak. And she's singing this song. And she says here in Judges 5 that village life had ceased That means that nothing was going on, nothing productive was going on. There was so much chaos because the children of Israel in their disobedience found themselves time and time again under the rule of ruthless kings. And so when Deborah is speaking right here, she is saying that people weren't even, it wasn't even safe to take the regular highways, that people were taking back roads, that village life had ceased, ceased. there was no productivity, people weren't out, out having a good time because they would be subject then to harassment. And she says this was going on, the scripture says, if you do the background reading, that actually at this time, it had been going on for 20 years that the children of Israel have been suffering under harassment and chaos. And so what would happen as the children of Israel would get a king, God would say, this is what I want you to do. Where they are is in the land of Canaan. Canaan is the land that was promised to Abraham. But what happened at this time, the time of Deborah, is that the children of Israel were not serving the lord we're going to get into that and so they would get into trouble and then they would cry out to the lord and the lord would rescue them and then they'd forget and go back and so deborah is saying that village life ceased until i deborah arose arose a mother in israel so the title of my message today is arise and take your place now though i'm honoring the mothers and we, we, this is a Mother's Day message, I hope each of us can see ourselves in this call. It is a call to action. And I, like you, am answering that call. And not just as a mother to Nia and Levi, I am called to be a mother. I've been being a mother since I was about 12 years old. I didn't take care of kids in my family. My mother was always present. I didn't have to do that, but I was teaching the three and four year old Sunday school when I was 12. By profession, I am a teacher. And by law, teachers are, at least in the state of Texas, when you sign your contract, what you are saying is that you are in place of a parent. That's why the laws are so strict on how we treat children. Because how you treat children, it should be how you would treat your own child. You cannot abuse them or do or neglect them. Or uh, Speaking of neglect, pause. Y'all, this week, last week we had a situation. I'm telling you, you can't live this life without the Holy Ghost. We had a situation. So a little boy has had some trouble being bullied. And we, we knew about it from the beginning of the year. Talked to the mom and everything. Been watching over him. As it comes to pass, I'm on recess duty with the other teachers. Now we're watching over our shoulders, but guess what teachers are doing? We're standing in a circle talking. He comes in to say, Mrs. Harmon, some girls were kicking me. And then the girls he told me, they're girls that they don't kick people. But something on the inside said, you better handle this thing because I'm a mother and because I like my job and I wanted to have a contract for next year, I hadn't signed a contract yet, so I'm just watching what I do. So I pull the girls out, and I'm trying to fuss, you know, just be like, you are not supposed to kick. Why would you do that? Put your-. And he is upset. He is crying. I mean, he is really upset. And so I said, this is unacceptable. I'm going to call your parents. These girls do all the right things like out of the hundred and seventy days I've been at school I've talked to them maybe one time each not talking to your friend they turn their assignments in they turn them in well on time they're creative they make me little cards I mean they are I mean they the sweetest of all sweet girls but all sweet girls get tired so what I found out is this particular boy wouldn't get off the little spinny thing and we had to watch some video, so he wouldn't get off the spinny thing. So they just had a bright idea. We tired of you sitting on the spinny thing and not getting off, so they decided to kick him. Everybody say Wrong. And it was on video. It was also on video that we sat in a circle talking to our friends, so everybody's on restriction. <laughs> so <laughs> it's 20 minutes before school is out, and something on the inside says, If you don't handle this thing, it's gonna be trouble. So my sweet little sugars, I marched like mama duck and my little duckness. I said, come on, we're going to the principal's office. I didn't even call down there. I had somebody watch my room. So I peeked in the principal's office and I said, hey, can you scare these little sugars? Cause I don't want somebody, mama calling up here and being upset that we didn't handle it. And she said, I got you. So she scared them good. I called the daddies his kids crying in the back. Cause it was like just when pickup was going. So I thought we were good. <laughs> Oh, And it came to pass that around 3 o'clock the following day, I get a CC message Hmm. that a grievance had been filed with the superintendent. And and that's the parents' right. And what was said is that the teachers, me being one, has known the whole year and has done nothing about it. Remember I said you gotta have the Holy Ghost. In the hallway of an elementary school, I arose a mother and I took them little sugars down to the office so when it was reported back we hadn't done anything, my administration could defend me and say, oh yes, they did. Women, in every situation, we are called from this day forth to arise a mother Sometimes you do something about it and sometimes you don't. Thank you for letting me get off that, my, that off my chest. I'm going back to <laughs> my place. Arise and take your place. Arose, we see those, the word arose in the scripture in Judges 5, 6 and 7, in verse seven specifically. Arose is past tense of the word arise. It means to emerge, become apparent, come into being you see that women if you've not birthed children you are not exempt from this call I wonder even if Deborah had children it wasn't mentioned so that you could see your place in the scripture as a woman for those of you that aren't mothers you don't even have to say you went to a Mother's Day program because we know that mothers are the only ones that have babies so you can say you went to a women's day program so today is Mother's Day slash Women's Day Arose, occur as a result of get or stand up. And I added, take your place. So arising is not arising. Our culture would think that arising up would be something violent, something forceful, something that, you know, oh, you're just going to see who I am and that's it. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. A mother comes equipped with wisdom. Sometimes that wisdom unfolds as she goes. There's grace as you go. But there is a wisdom of when to speak and when to be quiet. In the natural, when you have the babies and the babies aren't crying, you don't stand over them and say, will you just stop all that crying? You arise as a nurturer and you walk them and you're there for them. And if they cry too much, you hand them to their daddy or their grandmama but you make sure you take care. That's what we've been given. Deborah means be in the Hebrew. She was a wife. She was a prophet, which is an inspired proclaimer of God's word. She was a judge, a public civil officer presiding over the affairs of the Israelites. She was a worshiping warrior. So where the story picks up, I'm going to go back and forth. I've already told the team to kind of just just hang on with me. Let me give you some background information because I've almost uh, cut and paste all of Judges 2. What we see in the book of Judges is Joshua is leading the children of Israel. Joshua is a prophet and a leader. He had been working with Moses. Moses at this time has passed, and Joshua is getting up in age. The Bible says that he lives to be 120 years old. So Joshua has taught his leadership the ways of God and all the things that God had done for the children of Israel. I did not put this in my notes, but if you, um. You don't have to put this up, but I am going to read to you out of Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. I am going to start at the fourth verse. It says, hear, O Israel. It's talking to the Jews, but we're Gentiles, so we can put ourselves in that, even though we aren't in Israel. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Verse six, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of the goodness of the Lord with them. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. The children of Israel were constantly being reminded about God's goodness to them and God's faithfulness to them because of the leadership. So Joshua dies, the leaders are still a little bit talking about the goodness of God, but then those leaders die out and there is no one continuing the tradition of faith. That's where we find ourselves in America right now. So when those that generation of leaders that had been with Moses and Joshua and it just kind of fades out, they get old and the kids start getting iPads and iPhones and cell phones and they just kind of get away from it. Well, you know, if you get away from remembering, you're getting away from worshiping. If you're getting away from worshiping, you're getting away from walking with God. If you are getting away from walking with God, you are doing things on your own and it will never, ever serve you well. And that's where the children of Israel find themselves. They've forgotten about the goodness of God. They don't remember it. They're in the promised land, Cana, where God had promised Abraham. But the commandment, the condition to that land is drive the Canaanites out. The Canaanites were idol worshipers. They were enemy to the cause and being of the one true living God. God said, I will be with you. I'm gonna be for you. You go and drive them out. But as any other humans, you get there and you like, well, them Canaanites over here, they not, they, you know, they got a good bakery. You know, they, you know, this one, she make nice dresses. And so, you know, she ain't bothering nobody. And so we're just, you know, it's all good. We the people of God. And so they're nice over here. This one. He can fix my chariot real good. He's a, you know, I know I'm supposed to drive him out, but you know, there's no other chariot smith in the, in, you know, we worshiping God. He know how to fix cars. So we, you know, it's, it's going to be all right. God said, drive them out. Do not intermingle with them. And guess what they did, what they wanted to do. And they started marrying the Canaanite women the Canaanite women, they ain't go to Converge Church. They weren't a part of Converge Her, so y'all know they was wilding out and worshiping idol gods, and they didn't know the truth, and they were being a negative influence. I am going to skip over to, let's go to Judges 2. The scripture, Judges 2, I'm gonna read from you now the New Living Translation. Judges 2, starting with verse one. It says, and the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochum and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Egypt into this land that I swore to give your ancestors. And I said, I would never break my covenant with you. For your part, everybody say, I have a part. I think that we have forgotten as church leadership to make sure that you know you have a part. And your part is not all the lists of what you can do, not smoking, not having sex out of marriage, not shacking up, not drinking, not dancing in public. That's not the the, your part. There is a standard, but your part, God is speaking to you and keeping his promises. He has his part, but there is a part in our response of adoration and respect and honor and love for him that we have. We Have a part. God is not this magic genie in the sky, and if you're just so good, He's gonna sprinkle some dust on you, and you are always gonna make the right choice. You are living in a world having a human experience that will only be doable with God. And because we cannot do it on our own in this world, that God that we are talking about right now sent His Son Jesus to enable us to be able to do it, to give us grace that when we mess up, we can run straight back to him and be accepted. So unlike these right here, we are those that are without excuse. We have a part. Verse 2, for your part, you were not to make any covenants with the people living in this land. Instead, you were to destroy their altars. If somebody has gotten up and told you being a Christian, it's just you just gotta be nice and you just gotta let people walk over you, it's a lie. You are supposed to walk in love. You are supposed to be kind. But when you have been given a mandate by God, that means that he has prepared you. And if he says, destroy it, destroy it. If he didn't say it and this your flesh, you better take several seats because you're gonna find yourself out there in the wind by yourself. But the God we serve, he'll be there to dust us off. But it is not his plan that we stray that far. It says, but you disobeyed my command. God, creator of everything, asks his children, why did you do this? So I now declare that I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your sides. And their gods will be a constant temptation to you when the angel of the Lord finished speaking to all the Israelites the people wept loudly verse 7 I'm skipping down to verse 7 and the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him those who were, had seen all the great things of the that the Lord had done for Israel Verse 10, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. Going back to our title, arise and take your place. We have a responsibility to teach our children and those around us about the goodness of the Lord and you don't even have to mention Jesus. You can really just be nice on your job. When you see someone in distress, you can say, when I'm in situations like that, I pray. Would you like me to pray for you now when we have a moment or at home? Most people in distress will take it right then. If they say, oh, I don't do that praying thing, you just lift your eyebrows up and say, okay, you can pray for them on your own but we are to arise and not allow our children to forget the goodness of the Lord. And this is not unto any condemnation. Please don't think we sit Levi and Nia down at the dining room table seven days a week and have Bible study. We do not. We don't have them circled around and reciting scripture and praying. We do not. I don't anoint them every day with oil. But when I feel like I'm supposed to as a mother, I do. Levi is in middle school. It is the end of the year. We have some situations going on. The schools, the backlash of what happened last Saturday's, it has wreaked so much havoc on the schools Frisco had to just call last uh, Monday just this a no absence day some of the schools and middle schools in Frisco's only has 50 kids showing up because of threats it went from Frisco to McKinney to prosper ISD but we are in the world not of the world I cannot operate in fear so you know what my mama heart has to do Levi call him upstairs, get my oil, stand down. See, I have him come downstairs. And I told him who he was. You are a king. You have wisdom. You are well loved. You know what to do, when to do it. I anointed him with oil, prayed over him. We spoke wisdom to him. Don't do these little things that middle school boys do. Don't get nobody else's backpack. If you see something, say something. And I sent him to school. It is not my responsibility to make sure Levi is protected when he is at school. It is my responsibility to tell him who to call when trouble comes. It is my responsibility to roll the care of Levi over to the Lord. Because if I don't, I will be a nutcase filled with fear. Because the last few years, America has taught me, if you raise a brown boy in America, you may not let him, you may not be able to see all, he may not be able to see all of his days. If I don't trust God, I will be a nervous, mean wreck. Ray and I did not make Levi on our own, even though I'm so glad we did. Levi is a soul assigned from heaven with a call and a destiny on his life. Just like that young man, Josiah Hall, is a soul assigned from heaven with a call and a destiny on his life. The only difference between Levi and Josiah is a last name. They are well-loved sons. That have been taught in the word, whose mothers pray for them and love them and want to see them do well. Mothers, if we don't trust God, it's not gonna work for us. And you don't even have to be raising a brown boy, you can just have children. I've gotten texts and calls, not a lot. Cassie is a mama, she does our announcements. And we've had some praying time over little Ava. And little Ava can't stop, won't stop. I mean, she is the bounce back queen. I'm going to name her Weeble Wobbles. <laughs> in the 70s, they had the little weighted thing. You knock it down, to bounce back up. That's little, that's little Miss Ava. I call her Ava May. I just make up my own name for her. And so we've had some time of prayer over her health and believing God. Cassie does not she is not exempt from fear and love over her child no less than I am about Levi and she's got a girl that's not brown so a mother's love is a mother's love is a mother's love all of us will have fears but if we do not roll that that those anxious things over the care over to the to the Lord We have to teach our children the way of God. If you feel insecure about that, guess what? You can go to YouTube. You can go to the YouVersion app. You can bring them to youth. Mothers, church should not be an option for your child. If they have to go to work, then we understand as they get older, but they should not it should not be an option and I'm not just saying that for them to come to church I'm talking about being equipped for life yeah. Yeah. one day I'm I'm just teaching we're not supposed to be on our phones but because of the world they allow us to have our phones and I have an Apple watch so on my Apple watch I see it's probably about 1 15 maybe about 1 because we had just come in from recess I see Levi Harmon and I tell the kids excuse me this is my son and I say Lee, you all right? You know how the bathroom, you can hear the echo in the bathroom when they're on the phone? He said, Mom, it's kind of an emergency. You know where I went. I told my across the hall person, I said, it's my son, I need you to watch my class. I went down where I could get good reception. I said, Pops, what's going on? And he had had some issues with classmates. And I, he told me what had happened, I told him how to respond, and I said, can I pray for you? And he said yes. I was no good for the rest of the day. I just went to the vending machine and got me a Mountain Dew. I was like, Coca-Cola, you can't even handle this. I'm just going to give me a full Mountain Dew. And I got, because I was next to the next vending machine, I just got some uh, flaming hot Cheetos to go with it. Yeah, I was just like, when I heard my son's voice echoing in the bathroom at the middle school, I'm thinking, Jesus. And so when I thought it was all right, my I did not. Do like Deborah did and sing a song of hymns and adoration and thanksgiving. I got me a moundoo and some flaming hot Cheetos, and I just told the kids, "Hey, I said, Emily, why don't you read the book of the day to the kids?" And I said, "Just read. Get your Chromebooks out. Let's go to Ed Puzzle for a minute." Because I said, and then my little Arnoff, he said, "Mrs. Harmon, is everything all right?" I said, "Everything is all right. Thank you so much for asking." But what I had to settle at 1.30 on that Thursday was, if something was going down, I wouldn't gonna be able to do nothing about it anyway in that moment. I'm in Frisco, he's in McKinney. We have to teach our children the goodness of the Lord. And if you've not lived long enough for the Lord to take you out of some things, just teach them the scripture. Just teach them the word. Bring them to children's church. Let them watch some videos on YouTube that you have approved. Back to the scriptures. Verse 11 of Judges 2, it says, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal, which is a false. Why do they do evil? They were not an evil person, but it was the influence of that culture. They weren't an evil people, but they just did it their way. Just like much today, we just have, our culture has taught these children, you could be what you want to be when you want to be. It can't nobody say nothing to you about it. If your mama say something about it, we can call CPS on her, and we could just get you all riled up and just leave you with nothing. There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death. That leads to destruction. And sometimes it's not a physical death, it's a spiritual death. We have a responsibility to rise up and teach our children the ways of the word. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. You know what gods we worship right now? TikTok. Sports, flesh, the internet, image. We all struggling with it. I didn't wake up this morning and put on some overalls and come without my makeup on. We all can struggle with it. But how do we answer that? We don't beat ourselves up about it. We run to the Lord, we ask him to give us wisdom. Now remember, way up in in verses one through four of Judges two, did not the Lord come and warn them? Because you did, that's love. Hey, this not gonna serve you well if you do this. I want you to do something else. And they did it their way and they had it their way. And it angered the Lord verse 14 this made the Lord the Lord burn with anger against Israel so he handed them over to raiders who stole their possessions he turned them over to their enemies all around and they were no longer able to resist them now remember the place where they live is the promise they were supposed to be taking things when it says he handed them over for those. Of you may be watching on the Internet and somebody may have just a little devil just came and sat on your shoulder and said, see, that's why you don't need to go to church and serve God, because you see how he does. People handed them over is translated. This is what God did. Hands off. Hands off. He didn't say, come on, enemies, come and get them. He loved them but God gives us a choice and they chose themselves above God. So God said, okay, all right. And all of the evil, see they thought they were doing good maybe and being nice by allowing the Canaanites to stay. You know, the mechanic and the baker and the dressmaker and they didn't do what God said. And so those people, they thought, oh, we just gonna cohabitate, coexist. So those people that they didn't drive out now are turning on them. And it's because they made a choice. God has not created us to be robots. He's not gonna make us do. I would not want to force my husband to love me. I wouldn't have to want to have to remind Ray, remember the day we met? Remember how you liked me when I was skinny and I had real long hair before I started buying weave? but I'm not even mad about it. I'm not even trying to look like it's not my own. I'm just trying to be cute to myself. Amen. Yeah, I'm not even shame about it because I paid for it and it's cute. And it holds up real well for fourth grade field day. Amen. Amen. It says in verse 16... No, go to verse 15. Every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them. Remember, the Lord wasn't fighting them. This was it. Causing them to be defeated, just as he had warned. And the people were in great distress. Then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the knuckleheads from their attackers. Everybody say, look at love. This is the same God that warned them, don't do it this way. I'm telling you, drive them out. This is your land. They do it their way. They cry out to the Lord, their distress, And he is so overcome with love. He raises up judges to give the people wisdom, to help them in all of their disputes. The God that we serve Yes, he is creator, but he is father. He is war, but he is justice. God's anger was never supposed to be toward his beloved children. It was to be toward their enemies. But when you get in bed with the enemy, what room do we live leave for God to do anything for us? We don't leave him any room to help us but look at God. He's not going to leave us out there by ourselves. He's not going to leave us without help. It would be completely against his nature. This is the ultimate parent. He had boundaries, he gave warnings. He you can be angry and sin not. So God raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Yet Israel did not listen to the judges, but prostituted themselves by worshiping other gods. How quickly they turned away from the path of their ancestors who walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. Did the Lord say, don't let your children out, you gotta lock them up and and homeschool them and make them go to private school? He said, teach them these commands to them. As you're walking along the way, when you're sitting down and when they lay down. The goodness of the Lord and who he is just ought to be a part of our everyday conversation. And it doesn't have to be Jesus, Jesus all the time. That should already be established. But when your kids come down and say, you know what, I really wanna be an honors band, can you pray for me? Then you've done something well. And you pray for them a simple prayer. That is an example that they know, oh, I've got to turn to God. Again, this is not any condemnation. We are starting today, May 14th. Since I mentioned it, we might need to start having some family Bible study every day around the dining room table. No, I don't get out of school till the 24th, so you're saved. (laughs) Verse 18, whenever the Lord had raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies. Throughout the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people. For the Lord took pity on his people. For the Lord took pity on his people. Whatever you have done, it is not unforgivable. God is not angry with you. Because unlike the children of Israel, what we have today is the Holy Spirit ever making intercession on our behalf. So when we are in trouble, the Holy Spirit is saying, you see your daughter, we need to have some mercy. Yes, she's got this choice. She's made a choice, but Lord have mercy. And every time we are delivered out, every time we are rescued out, it is not a picture of our badness, it is a picture of His love again the yes 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 in the chosen is such a beautiful picture if you're able to see I think it is episode five or six in season two we see the very first episode of season one of the chosen uh, Jesus delivers Mary Magdalene it's kind of episode one going into episode two she is triggered by a wayward man who is full of demons who has come to their camp she is just completely triggered. The demon has no power over her, but the man that's filled with the demons said, "'Oh yeah, we know about you, Mary.'" We know, he doesn't even call her Mary, I don't even know what her old name, her street name was, Peaches. <laughs> He's like, "'Yeah, we know about you, Peaches.'" Now this is a man filled with demons, and the demons are like, "'Yeah, yeah, we know what you used to do.'" And she is triggered. And so Jesus is coming to her rescue, and as he's running up, Jesus with all authority says, Leave him, and the demons flee. But guess what she does? She gets her purse, and she slips away. And she goes back to the very place where she's been delivered from. She takes off her covering. She looks new when she gets back to the bar. They're like, oh they call her by Mary and she said no my name is and she goes all the way back she's gambling she's drinking she's holding it down and she's not even supposed to be there and the other disciples have gone to look for her but now she's ashamed to return to Jesus she's ashamed those two disciples though they're not women they arose they went to look for her It was Matthew and Simon Peter chosen trying to make it look like Matthew had a little crush on her so I'm like waiting for a Netflix wedding but this is the Bible so I don't think I'm gonna (laughs) be fulfilled so anyway they go to look for her she comes back and I mean you all she is wearied she's so ashamed Jesus's mother Mary is there at the camp she allows Mary Jesus is down praying and crying he gets up and he said no 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 I'm, I'm I'm crying about something else. And Jesus himself, he looks at her with such compassion and he said, did you think you weren't ever gonna have trouble again? And she said, but you delivered me and I've done so wrong. He says, oh Mary, I love you. And he says, you just, and he hugged her and they had a conversation. I was crying so I don't remember what the rest of the conversation was because it's such a beautiful picture that we get to see with our eyes, in the way we can receive it, the real love of Jesus. Even when mother and father have forsaken, even when we try to tell God we're not worthy, he's saying, no, 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 I love you. And when he embraced her, the way she just, she hooked up under his shoulder and she held onto him and cried and he just loved on her and just like that she was restored just like that all she did was show up that's all she did is show up and it didn't matter what the rest of the disciples had said jesus had already affirmed but it was so beautiful please don't think if you got a testimony that things won't come trying to knock at your door. But when they do, we wanna pray in the good times right now that you have strength. But if you should fall, as quick as you can, run back to him. Run back to him. Run. Run, run, run. So the Lord raised up judges. Verse 18, Judges 2, it says whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge. I read that, verse 19. But when the judge died, the people returned to their corrupt ways, behaving worse than those who had lived before them. They went after other gods, serving and worshiping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. So that is um, Judges (laughs) 2. Excuse me, we're going on to Judges 4, and that is the introduction of Deborah. By this time, Deborah is the fourth judge in Israel. And if you know anything about history in that day, women weren't generally in leadership. I love how God, even before Jesus, is endorsing the acceptance and mandate of women in leadership in God's house. She wasn't replacing somebody who wasn't available. She was the woman for the job called by God. So at this time, the children of Israel, Deborah is the fourth judge. By the time Deborah comes on the scene, the children of Israel have lived in 20 years of chaos. And this is what it says in Judges four, starting at the fourth verse. It says, Deborah, the wife of Lipidoth was a prophet who was judging Israel at the time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day she sent for Barak, son of Abinom, Abinom, son of A, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Nephtali. She said to him, because she was a prophet. That means an outspokesman for God. The reason why she's able to say to Barak something is between clients when she's up under that tree, she is praying and worshiping and communing with God. So in her time with God, God tells her, this is what's gonna happen, you need to talk to Barak. Barak is the leader of the Israelite army. She says one day she sent for him And she says to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor. And I will call out Sisera. This is God speaking, not Deborah. Deborah is speaking on behalf of God. God is saying, I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors at the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. Now, Jabin was king at the time and he was ruthless. He was so ruthless and he had such great military force. This is why village life had ceased because the king was ruthless. He was an idol worshiper. He did not care about anything about the children of God and he made it very difficult for them. So Deborah arises on the scene to help. Now, God has said, because he loves them. I'm gonna give you victory. I command you, Barack. Deborah was just supposed to deliver the word. Barack told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Everybody say, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> God has given a command and he wanna add on to it. I'ma go if you go with me. But remember, we started out, she arose a mother. A mother doesn't say, Barack, I ain't gonna go with you. I'm sitting over here. I got a job to do. Then I gotta go to my husband, and I gotta cook, and then them kids gonna be. Co- Mm-mm. Woman of God, she says, "Very well. I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Cicero will be at the hands of a woman." So Deborah went with Barack. Sometimes, as a mother. Just go with it because going with it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. God is still with her. Excuse me. I don't think Barack was willfully trying to be disobedient to God. I think he was acknowledging the presence of God in her life. But in that acknowledgement, he missed the instruction of God. God didn't go back and say it again. Have it your way. And so they went now they are still gonna get victory did God say it he wasn't taking it back he didn't even put the children of Israel out of the land of Canaan while they were being foolish because he had promised that land to Abraham and to your generations he kept his promise they're still gonna have victory because God already spoke that they would have victory but the way God wanted to administer the victory now it's changed I'm going down to include. I'm, I'm concluding now I don't know if I have three three closings or not but amen <laughs> just roll with me in Judges 4 23 it says so on that day Israel saw God defeat Jabin what has happened I'm gonna go through I think I skipped that go back with me Go back to where I see on my first page background. Let's go through our characters. Deborah, we already have established she's a judge and prophet. Barack is commander in Israel's army. So, this is the school teacher in me. Deborah is a judge under the tree, fourth judge. The children of Israel have been suffering for 20 years. She tells Barak, look, you need to go and overthrow this king so it will be well with God's children. King Jabin of Canaan, he was a harsh ruler of the Canaanites, but he was not harsh to the Canaanites. He was harsh to the children of Israel. The Canaanites were descendants from Noah's grandson, Canaan. This grandson was cursed because Ham was his father. Remember back in Genesis when Noah accidentally got drunk and then he came out of his clothes, and it said the Bible says that his son looked on his nakedness so what happened ham looked at his father being naked Noah didn't mean to get drunk the grape juice had been out they had been on the boat and it fermented so when he drank it he got drunk he wasn't a drunk this just happened because everything the tides had turned in in the world and so now sin was God was still there but that's why Noah was drunk his son ham saw him naked, made fun of him. The other brothers were like, dude, that's our father. But because he did that, the curse fell down on his son. My granddaddy Levi used to tell me, poo, that's what he called me, poo, I gots to do right because the Bible say my sin will fall down on my third and fourth generation. I gots to do well so it will be well with you. I didn't know that this is what he was talking about. And so now here is Canaan born. He hadn't even done anything. It was because of the foolishness of his father. And he's an idol worshiper. And so his descendants are now the Canaanites. Sin will always take us further than we ever intended to go and keep us longer than we ever had an inkling we would stay. Sisera is the general of King Jabin's army. So you got Barak for God. You got Sisera for Canaan. JL is a wife of Heber. We're about to introduce her. She's a homemaker. Everybody say homemaker. homemaker. Women, she's a homemaker. You don't have to be a pastor's wife, a Bible study teacher, women's director, soloist for God to use your life in a mighty way. You just keep doing what you know to do until you know exactly what to do. While you're making your home, turn on some worship. While you're making your home, say prayers to God. She was a homemaker, and she was invaluable. This woman, homemaker, she didn't even have a house. She lived in a tent of winning the world, and the Israelites, God's chosen people of Jewish nation. I wanted to say the knuckleheads of of afar, but I'm one of them, so... So here we have. So on that day, which is the day when God decided to set the Israelites free because his love, what happens is JL's husband, who is Heber, Heber's family was in good with King Jabin, though they were Jewish. I don't know, maybe he was the chariot fixer and the king really appreciated him. But for some reason, he wasn't bowing to the king or an idol worshiper, but uh, JL's husband Heber was in good with the king. Therefore, Sisera knew this. So the battle is going, God's people are winning, the Canaanites are winning, God's people are winning, God's people are winning, God's people are winning. winning. But you know, you've gotta take out leadership. You can't just take out the people, you gotta take out the command center. So now, as the Israelites are winning in the world war, Sisera is on the run. I mean, he is Jason Bourne working it out. I mean, he is on the run, he is 007, they can't find him, and he ends up at the tent of Jael, because he knows I'll be safe here. So Jael was like, ooh, Sisera, but she's a woman of God. She's an Israelite. She was like, come on in. And she said, I'll hide you under these blankets. And he's tired. He's been in battle. He said, please give me some water. She's like, no, honey. I just got some fresh goat's milk. Let me heat you up this milk. He's tired. He's under blankets. And she makes him warm milk. What is that a recipe for? Sleep. So he's under there with the blankets. She gives him the milk, he falls asleep. And the little old housewife of Canaan goes and digs up a tent peg. And while old warrior Sisera Got his belly full and milk drooling from his mouth. She just takes the tent bag, puts it on his temple, and kills him. She puts a peg down, go to the well, wash her hands, and then tell her husband, hey, babe, as he's coming to work, (laughs) go look in the living room. I got something for you. And that is how the war was won. And God's word was true. Barack didn't get any credit for it. It was a housewife. It didn't even say she was a mother. Be happy where you are. Flourish. It won't be that way. Today, we're still talking about J.L. It wasn't he didn't get killed on a pole with a dagger in his heart. It was over a warm bacon and some milk. (laughs) What will God do to rescue you? That's the picture I want you to see. What will God do to rescue you? It says, and the foolish things shall confound the wise. Now, Pastor Jesse is in the army. Just think what the guys at the barrack would say if somebody got a peg through their temple from getting like a little old baby just warm and got some milk in them and just, just got killed. Why did he get killed? Not for gruesomeness sake, for the children of Israel to be delivered because they're God. Heard their cries even in their mischief. Second closing. In crisis, what kicked in was Deborah's maternal instinct. She was a prophet. Deborah was a heavy hitter. Women, we have a grace to do a whole lot. Don't keep standing in your kitchen saying, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. Uh uh-uh, uh. Nobody, they really don't care. Yeah, just, yeah, I'm just gonna tell you because I love you. When you go down the list I went to work already you ain't doing the dishes I got a home and cook come home and cook and you ain't do Mm long we got capacity Deborah was a wife and a prophet and a judge and now she had to become a warrior by default because Barack wouldn't go by himself and we don't see her wearing him out with her words we see her doing it and doing it well We have capacity to do this thing as women and as mothers. Deborah didn't say, until I arose a prophet. She didn't say, until I arose a wife. She didn't say, until I arose a judge. She says, I, Deborah, arose a mother to Israel. And because she took her proper place with grace, it changed it for everybody. Women, we have so much to offer this world, and it just starts with our children, it starts with them. Can you imagine that out of all of the warriors, out of all of the things that God could have done, that when the people needed a leader, he raised a mother. Ladies, we can do this thing. Motherhood responsibilities, mothers cover in prayer. If your kids do something wrong, don't get on the phone and call your sister and their grandmama. You might need to talk to somebody. Don't let them hear it. That, that's not, it doesn't work that way. We think that, okay, I'm going to call your grandmama and tell her what you did in school and you're just out here running. It, it brings shame and isolation. And you actually empower them with the perverted strength to go back and do it again. Because they think, oh, so she going to talk about me? Because I did it. Well, let me show her. Because that's human nature. Mothers cover. Mothers correct. Let me set you free. You are not called to be your child's friend. Nia is 19. She grown. I'm not ever going to be her girlfriend. Because I need my girlfriend. Shelly Ford say amen. I need my girlfriend. If I need her, I can't lead her. If I need her, then I need her to like me all the time. I need her to be my friend. I need not to cause any friction in our relationship. If I make Nia my girlfriend, I am going to need her and I can't lead her because then I'm going to be worried about what she thinks about me. And then I will default, not be a, by default not be able to speak truth in her life. You are not called. You can have a good relationship with your children. You are not called to be their friend. You are their mother. Yeah, okay, y'all don't have to like it, but I said it, and it's the truth. Amen. I got the word to back me up, and I can give you 17 more scriptures, but time is passing, and I know you're already texting from your, your texting for your reservation, so I'm sorry. Mothers protect. Mothers protect, even if you're protecting them from themselves. No is acceptable. You can say it nice. No, we're not doing that. Mm-mm. Nope not today try me Hmm. mothers pray if all you have today is Lord help me help my children it is enough the Holy Spirit in you will give you more words just talk to him like you would talk to a girlfriend he understands. you don't have to have a scripture no these and thou's you don't have to be on your knees you can be in the bathroom in the shower driving in the closet, standing on the side of the road, on the bed, sitting on the floor, out in the backyard. Mothers worship. Yeah, you worship. You worship in song, in prayer. You get filled up so that you can give out. Mothers teach. Teach your children the ways of the Lord. Right now, all you may have is, I'm taking you to that church. And what I say with full confidence, if we aren't what you and your family needs, that's okay. Find a church that can minister to you and your whole family. We want you here, but we understand. We understand our newness, where we are. Our youth only meet twice a month. We understand that just because you're in another room don't mean you're not a part of the family. But it is so imperative that you get the ministry that will make the whole family whole. If wife, you're saying, I love converging. The husband is like, I want to go to First Baptist. Wives, go to First Baptist. If that's what your husband says, and pray. We will keep you a warm spot. But women of God, we trust God and we submit to our husbands. And we show our children that we trust God. Through our example. A lot of times it's in unspoken words. And mothers trust God. In trusting God, we don't always get it our way, but we trust that the incorruptible seed of God's truth and word will be in our children. I'm gonna tell you one last story. Um, and I got permission. One of my co workers came to me. In a tizzy. She had told me last week she was missing a day of work. There's eight of us on the team, and she missed a, a day of work because her 22-year-old child needed to have a colonoscopy. The child was then uh, diagnosed with Crohn's. So Thursday, we're just in class. We're doing our thing. The kids are trying to be wild because, you know, it field day. it's field days, the end of the school year. And my coworker comes to me in a panic, and she says, Wendy. They said they need more blood tests on my baby. I just can't take it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't have another loss. And she starts crumbling. So I take her hands. I said, tell me what the doctor said. She said they just told my daughter. She's 22. She doesn't know. And they said they need more blood tests. What does that mean? So I take her in the hall. And so we've got one of the secretaries coming and somebody else is coming. And I said, it's going to be okay. Call the doctor and find out what they need. But I give her a big bosom to bosom mama bear hug and I just hold her tight and I just pray in her ear. And I just say, "Lord, just help her. Give her strength." 7 minutes later she comes back. She was like, "Who, girl?" <laughs> she said it wasn't that they needed more blood tests they didn't receive the blood test results from before the colonoscopy. And she said, ooh, girl, your prayers, they really work. (laughs) It wasn't about me. So we went back out in the hall, told Emily to read again. And I said, I'm taking off my colleague hat and I'm putting, you know God, I'm putting on my woman to woman of God hat. Girl, you're not walking in the believer's authority. If the doctors had said they needed more blood, you cannot fall apart. I'm going to give you some oil. And when the doctors call, you have a prayer on your lips. And I need you to be flat foot with your shoulder squared. It's not about the child's diagnosis. You haven't settled that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He knows your mom and dad. She told me one time, I've got more people on that side, meaning gone and dead than I have on this side. So the terror she lives and she's got two children. It's like something will happen to my children. I can't take it anymore. So I told her, yes, you can. God forbid if something happened, but yes, you can. You can't take it. If you say that if Galatians is true, the word of God is true, and it says that His name is written across our forehead, and our name is in the palm of his hands, we can take it. We just don't like it. And I told her, "Babe! Yes, you can come and cry on me all the time, but there is an authority that you can walk in, that you can look at your baby and say, sickness, everything that has a name must bow to the name of Jesus, and I curse you from your very root. No weapon formed against my child, shall prosper in Jesus' name. And then you go to the doctor and you take the medicine and you have the surgery and the whole time you're slinging oil and you're pacing and you get a prayer and you grab a girlfriend, you call Converge Church, you send in a prayer request and you just believe God and allow him to show you his salvation. But saints, even if he doesn't, he is still good. He doesn't owe us anything. No, I'm not speaking out death and curses. But even if he doesn't, I've been thinking about my girlfriend, Sonya Jones in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Her baby Sante had lupus. They didn't know, they didn't think because Sante was 19 years old that all of the time she stayed in the hospital in the middle of the pandemic would even cause blood clots in this little sugar. Toshis and Sonia get their baby from the hospital. They're giving her a bath. She's 19 years old. Sonia stood in our wedding and was. she had just given birth to that baby. They get her out of the tub, her mother and her father, and she collapses with a massive heart attack from a blood clot and she dies in their home in her mother's arms. Sonia loves God. We've been friends 25 years. I met her when I was at Rama. I've been thinking about her all week. Yesterday I sat down to go over these notes and I was like, nope, nope, I'm a caller. I call her Jojo. She called me Wendy Boo. She picked up the phone. She said, Wendy Boo. I said, that is all. Goodbye. <laughs> I said, I just need to hear your voice. Happy New Year. Hadn't talked to her all year. I was like, how you doing, girl? She said, girl, I'm all right. I said, Jojo, is me. How you doing, girl? She said, Wendy, it's been a week. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, but let's talk about that little sugar. Would you have traded any time with her? She said, no. I said, I love you, but I don't even get the honor to say that she was mine. God entrusted her with you. And she said, you better come on now. She's a hairdresser. She got clients. But I had a few minutes and this, I came after that thing. The Lord wanted Sonia Jones to know I see you, Jojo. And I didn't take her to punish you. And I just prayed over her and cried with her. And that was it. She said, girl, I love you because you never judged me. And she said, I know you're praying for me. She said, I miss my baby, but thank you for letting me talk about it. She said, nobody will understand. She said, you all the way there in Dallas, but you've been there for me. It wasn't about accolades. It was the Lord that wanted Sonia to know. In that moment, I had to arise a mother for my friend and say, girl, it's all right, I didn't forget. It looks like life is going on, but I remember that you loved her. I remember when you carried her. I remember when she had to call me and tell me her baby was gone. I was on the tollway, I pulled off, I pulled into the the Frisco Jeep dealership and cried with my girlfriend. I didn't have the words to say. I didn't know what to say. When my friend has got to bury her 19-year-old daughter from something that the doctors missed, possibly. We don't know why. But what I do know is even through her tears yesterday, Sonia still had a praise on her lips. And all I could say, you know how I am. I said, oh, God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. I had to say thank you until I had the words. Because I don't even lie and say, oh, I know how you feel. I don't. But I have women in my life who have tremendous loss or tremendous yearning and yet they still praise Him. I see you arising as a mother in your own situations. I see you arising as a mother for people you don't even have to, starting with your staff and your friends and your church. Let's arise women and take our place and not lose hope. If we be ye not weary in well-doing, we faint not, we shall receive. God is good. We have a good example. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this word. We ask that you just give us the strength to do it. You may say, how, how do I get the strength? Comes from Jeremiah 33 and three. God says to the prophet Jeremiah, call unto me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. One translation says, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you don't know about the things to come. Lord, help us to be that kind of mother. Help us all to arise and call on you. And we are confident according to your word that you hear us and that you are answering us. We love you and we thank you. We bless every mother, every mother figure, every child, every memory, we commit it all to you. We love you, Jesus. It is in your precious name that we pray, and we thank you for this day. Amen. Hey. Amen. Amen. Hey. Awesome. Amen.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Lord. Can you guys hear me? Is I don't think mic your mic is on. is on. Is my mic not on? Thank you for that word, Pastor. You
6: are. You can stand close to me and speak. Amen. <laughs> hey, Do I need to
2: grab a handheld? Can you hear me? Thank you, Pastor Wendy, so much for that word. And I know time is far spent. Is right. mic
6: No, it's not. Try this one, baby. This
2: mic is dead. This is host mic too. Can you hear me? Yeah, you can definitely hear me now. Amen. I'm going to let you go. Uh, Time is far spent, but I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to just key in on, on what Pastor Wendy just shared. Listen to me, life is filled with defining moments, and those defining moments often come without warning. In fact, most of life's defining moments are disruptive. And as Pastor Wendy was teaching about Deborah's life, we understand that that the nation of Israel was in conflict and in crisis. And here comes Deborah, and the thing that stirred up within her is her maternal instinct. But as I was sitting on the front row, I just felt prompted just to take a moment to pray this morning, this afternoon now, for moms. Because y'all wear a whole lot of hats. Pun intended, especially on Big Hat Day. And sometimes you can find yourself in a place and in a season where you say to yourself, "Not one more thing." Hmm. Yes. That's who I want to pray for this morning.: Yes, yes, yes. We celebrate the fact that you are a judge. We celebrate the prophetess in you. We celebrate the warrior in you, but sometimes life has a way of putting one more thing. On your plate. And if you're in that place this morning, and you're saying to yourself, I've got no room left on my plate. Right. But one more thing. I want to pray for you. Yes. I sense that this morning. Mm-hmm. I sense that this morning. Yes. So Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the strength of our mothers. Yes, God. But Father, sometimes even their shoulders can't carry one more burden. It seems that way. It feels that way. Those defining moments that seem like they've come to break us, Mm. God, in your grace, we ask that you would use those moments to make us. Yes, yes. I pray that for these incredible women of God. Yes. I pray that for these daughters this morning. That when they find themselves faced with these defining moments, when the people closest to them are saying, listen, I ain't going to go to war unless you come and you say not one more thing. Hmm. Lord, would you give them the strength and the courage and the grace of Deborah who said, I will come. Lord, we speak grace. Yes strength over your daughters this morning your tears don't compromise your strength this morning strengthen your daughters strengthen your daughters the name of jesus the ones who have to put on the game face and be strong for everyone else would you would you help them this morning lord this morning we pray for our strong friend Hmm the one who always has to be strong for everybody else yes. and is never allowed or permitted to say no, I can't. We pray that over these mothers today. Thank you, Jesus. Strengthen them yes. just as you strengthen Deborah and lead each one, Father, into victory over every life circumstance and defining moment. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen and amen. Did the message this morning encourage you? Thank you so much, Pastor Wendy. Love you. Extremely proud of you, and thank you for sharing that word with us. Uh, we'll be dismissed here momentarily. Uh, we want to let you know that when you walk out of the lobby, to your right, we have the uh, 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 the backdrop, uh, man, we have a chair set up for the moms who want you to take a couple pictures um, that you can use to commemorate uh, this mother's day service and uh, we have some signs that say my mom is the best my mom is a superhero and all those fun fun sort of messages so make sure pastor wendy don't leave yet uh make sure make sure Uh, You take some pictures uh, before you head out. And just one last thing, I believe uh, Tammy and uh, the women's ministry here at Converge Church, Converge Her, I wanted to make a presentation to you and celebrate and honor you.
6: So as Pastor Ray mentioned earlier, we like to give honor where honor is due. So we honor you as mother of this house. We want to say that we love you, we appreciate you, and thank you for always being authentically you. You don't change. It doesn't matter what the atmosphere is, if you're up here preaching, if you're in Bible study teaching, if we're in a meeting, if we're having a one-on-one, you don't change. And I love you for being you. So today, we say Happy Mother's Day from the women of
5: Converge Church. So
0: Thank you. here. Thank you. Thank you.
6: Yes. Okay, I'm gonna put those in there. Thank y'all. You look good. Thank you all. You make it easy. You're easy to love, and I love that you want to show honor. But if you didn't do anything for me, if you just settle that Jesus loves you, that is enough. But I do appreciate your gifts, so I'ma go home like it's Christmas! Ha ha! I'ma take these shoes off and I'ma sit down after I eat something from somewhere that I'm sure my family has decided where we're going and I'm gonna enjoy it. You are the absolute best people in the world. This is the thing that I would leave a job about and do for free because you are worth it. That God I talked about, he came and rescued me and he put women in my life that stopped for me. So it is my absolute utmost honor to be in his service, because if you knew my story, I would be completely disqualified. But God, I love you. Happy Sunday, happy Mother's Day. Have a great, great rest of your
4: week. You may stand, please. Thank you so much for coming and celebrating Mother's Day with us. We're glad that you came, and we pray a blessing in your life. Bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We bless your people. We thank you, God, that you watch over us and protect us. We're believing today as we celebrate Mother's Day that you walk with us and that you help us to celebrate and honor the mothers in our lives. Thank you, Father, so much for this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch at
5: If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online
2: safely and securely at wwwweareconvergecom forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text, converge, give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano, and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience, and we look forward to staying connected with you.